Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. By the way, if you've got uh, thoughts on uh, on this David Tepper firing of the head coach, Frank Reich, the third R in the three R's, the last three coaches, uh, we've had seven, or when he makes the next hire, that'll be the seventh coach in, what, five years now from 2018 through 23 when he bought the team. But gather around, my contemporary peers, and I'll tell you about the Honey Hunters. The Gastonia Honey Hunters. They're uh, they're a baseball team, and they built a stadium. Well, I'm sorry, they, they didn't build a stadium. Gastonia. Right, built a stadium, and the Honey Hunters play there. Well, actually, they don't really play there anymore. Um, the town is trying to get them evicted from the stadium because the Honey Hunters have not been able to locate any of that sweet, sweet honey, a.k.a. wins or money or, I guess, anything else. It's just been a parade of train wrecks apparently for this organization which is really sad the stadium is very pretty we were there a couple of weeks ago for the uh, the walk to end alzheimer's when we did it out of um out of the stadium it's a uh, caramont health park and you know, very pretty very beautiful it's a small stadium uh but it's got you know it's got i think it's got like the rocking chairs and stuff it's got tables all around it's right in downtown so you get you know nice view of the city and all that um, and it's just a shame because however they've been running that operation, not good, not good. So let me start here. Uh, this was, uh, November 22nd. So not even a week ago, the honey hunters are part of the major league baseball partner league, Atlantic league, the MLB. Let me see here. The M L B P L A L. So the Milblap. I'm oh, sorry, Milblau. Milblau. And they terminated the Gastonia Honey Hunters membership. So they said you're out of our league, but not in a good way. Not like like you're super pretty or like way above us. Like you're out of our league. Like get lost. You stink. They have a million dollars plus in unpaid debt to the blah, blah, whatever, the, the Atlantic League. They owe the league a million, $1.1 million. And so now the league is filing a lawsuit to collect that debt. The city of Gastonia has also filed a lawsuit seeking payment and eviction from Caramont Health Park. They've, they've been faced, the team has been faced... Uh, uh, with financial issues and allegations going back to August. Players over the summer refused to take the field because of unpaid salaries. Which, by the way, it's still up on their website. Did you know that for 
the low, low price of $0, you could be a host family for a honey hunter. Did you know that? Yeah. You could be a host family. You could be part of the host family program. It is an exciting opportunity to learn and share in the life of a professional baseball player. Host families are not financially compensated, but the chance to experience the day-to-day life of a Honey Hunters player is an opportunity few people will ever have. See, you're the lucky one. This is almost like in showbiz and radio, where they say, uh, well, we can't afford to pay you a lot of money, and by a lot, we mean like, you know, virtually any, but um, you're getting paid in limelight, which is always weird because I've never had a landlord that ever accepted limelight for rent. So um, an ideal host family would have to commit to the entire season, which runs from mid-April until the end of September. You'd have to provide the player his own room, although you could have like a big room or have multiple players can share one room together. That's okay. They'd have to have access to a bathroom, obviously, a kitchen and laundry facilities where they could wash all of their own baseball uniforms, I assume. I mean, because I doubt the Honey Hunters were paying the laundry bill for all of the uniforms, right? So you get to not only be not compensated for hosting and you know, basically like letting these people live rent-free in your house, um, but you could also uh, put up with all of the, uh, the infield dirt in your washing machine and dryer, you know? So there's, it's like a win-win for you. Um, you'd also have to provide a clean, safe, and healthy home environment, and you have to be very understanding of the players' hectic schedules, which is like a it's a it's a nice way of saying that um, they're going to be coming and going at all times of the day and night. They're going to get in really late from games. They may be going out partying, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm sure they would. You know, they're going to be sleeping late. They're going to be hanging around on weird days while you're at work because they're not playing during the day. You know, they're yeah. So. There's all that, but wait, there are some perks. I don't want to. I don't want to make this all sound like it's, you know, like it's a big lift. You are going to get season tickets to the home games. Obviously, they can't give you the tickets to the away games, but the home games you'll get to go to for free. Although now you can't because they're being evicted. They're also going to hold some host family events. Um. So they're going to invite you out to the uh, to the stadium, I guess. And I don't know. They did this all in this, this previous season. So I don't know what kind of events were held. But um, they would have some events and you could get to go. And I don't know. They would spend some money in the stadium in appreciation for you, but not give you any kind of like compensation to help you offset your bills or anything like that. You would also get an invitation to the Honey Hunters player preseason dinner. Okay, so they will buy you, they're going to buy you dinner, which is really, I mean, honestly, like, they're not even going to pay for dinner, then you get fan appreciation night recognition, so they're going to say, thank you very much, on their Jumbotron, or whatever. Um, invitation to season ticket holder exclusive events, so you're going to be treated like a season ticket holder. You're also going to get one Honey Hunter's jersey per family. So they're going to print up an extra jersey. So if you and your spouse are hosting them, you and your spouse get one jersey. Now, maybe you do it a second year. Well, they, you can't actually because they're probably not going to be around next year. 
and you get a discount in the Honey Hunters team store. Are you sold? What? Eh? Hey, I am not aware if other uh, if other teams do this. I know minor league ball is different. You know, it's a it's a gritty. It's a very low. I don't say low budget. I mean, like in a negative way, but it is. It, it doesn't bring in the amount of money, and the lower you go in the letters, right? The the less money these guys are making. It's a harder scrabble or hard scrabbler type of uh, existence. I get all of that. So maybe this is something that is innovative and could work. But it kind of sounds like for a team that is struggling financially, like this sounds, this sounds like desperation, you know. And when you have the team walking off refusing to play because you're not paying them, it kind of leads me to believe there might be some bigger problems. The city is seeking $88,000 in back rent and payments for the ballpark rent and accompanying services. A payment to the city addressed this shortfall, but later in August, the team was served a notice by the league that the team was in violation of Atlantic League bylaws and the league affiliation agreement. The team was also served notice in September that money was owed to the league. The separate suit from the city alleges that the team still owes the city $36,000. So they owed $88,000. They apparently made a payment to the city, but they still owe the city of Gastonia $36,000. And the league says that the team owes them $1.1 million. The team failed to maintain the ballpark, the city says allowing mold to develop and failing to address some basic maintenance issues. As a result, the city is moving to evict the team from Caramont Health Park, per the Gaston Gazette. And, like, I don't know what goes in there. In addition to not paying its bills, the Gastonia Honey Hunters also has not properly maintained the stadium, which at least is from the city. A city inspection earlier this year, according to Kevin Reichard, Reichard at uh, ballparkdigest.com, uh, which is all about like hot dogs and nachos, what it does to your internal organ. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, no, it's about ball ballparks. But a city, he says, a city inspection earlier in the year found that the upkeep of the restroom facilities was extremely poor, and that there were maintenance issues in the kitchen as well. The lawsuit stated that there were weeds growing through the facility's concrete, and excessive trash had accumulated near both dugouts. There was also an unattended leak in the first aid room where mold was discovered. WBTV reporting last week that um, the lawsuit that was filed by the city of Gastonia was on November 17th, alleges that the Honey Hunters team has a history of breaching agreements and failing to meet its financial obligations, which then culminated in the Atlantic League terminating its membership. City officials state the team again defaulted on its naming rights obligation with the payment due on October 31st and has not been paid uh, as of the filing of the lawsuit. There was also a gas service interruption at the stadium back in August due to the, uh, the team failing to make a payment. So then they had to put on the emergency generator at the stadium that malfunctioned as a result upon information and belief of the gas supply being shut off. The city incurred costs for a repair and diagnostic service call related to the emergency generator. Um, they said the stadium cannot be left in disrepair for months by the defaulted and exiting defendant team. Right. So they're if if they're not paying and they're losing their affiliation with the Atlantic League, then they want them out. 
And the city of Gastonia is asking the court to not just terminate the team's rights of possession of the stadium, but they also want monetary damages. Now, I don't know what they can do to um, to fill that stadium. Like I said, it's a, it's a very beautiful park, but I, 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 I don't know what you do to get a team in there. Is there anybody else chomping at the bit to launch another team? And if I recall correctly, there was a whole bunch of shady stuff going on with the uh, or or maybe just bad business. I don't remember what with like the concessions and who was getting a cut. Was Magic Johnson involved in this? I mean, it's just it's just a bad look all around, and it adds to this this vibe, you know, this kind of atmosphere in the Charlotte region. I think of uh, of malaise. Right, we are in a Carteresque era. Is it like a, it's a sports malaise? And I actually I want to give credit where it's due. Paige Maston, who I often uh, complain about her writing. Uh, she had a very good piece, I thought, about uh, this topic as it relates to the Panthers and the Hornets, too, kind of, because they're, they're, not, they're not quite so good either. Honestly, uh, if David Tepper was involved with the Gastonia Honey Hunters, like a whole bunch of people would have been fired already, right? I mean, that would be the... <laughs> that would be the only benefit to have. Maybe we could get him to buy that team, too. Then he could fire a bunch of people, throw a bunch of money at it. Although I think they were they were successful to some degree last year, I think. They made the playoffs or something. Well, that actually, yeah, if you look at Tepper's track record on the soccer team, making the playoffs, I think that also gets you fired. So, in soccer, at least. I don't know. Gary, welcome to the program. Hello, Gary. Yeah, um, the Honey Hunters were in the Atlantic League, which is mostly in the Northeast. So the travel costs had to be pretty brutal. Mm. If Gastonia could get a hold of that park, maybe try to get a Class A team in the South Atlantic League, that might be the way to go, which is, you know, small teams, small cities around the Carolinas and Georgia. But I remember 30 years ago, I interviewed John Moss, who was the long-term South Atlantic League commissioner and other leagues prior, like Western Carolina's league. And he told me that, in the early 80s, you could buy a Class A team simply by paying off the debts back when minor league po- baseball wasn't popular. Mm. Now that it is, I think about five years ago, a Class A franchise was $1.2 million, and now it's exponentially more, I'm sure. And one other thing, that Atlantic League, on a side note, was uh, the league that uses or did use that experimental automated strike zone. How that went, I don't know. But that would be cool if they could go back to, they had Gastonia Rangers once, Class A. So it'd be, if they could get back into that, they might, they still have Sims Legion Park, of course, but yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, have you been to, have you been to the Caramont Health Park? I haven't. And I've wanted to see that and the Canapolis one, but I just haven't gotten around to both it. Both of them, we did both of the Alzheimer's walks last month in, uh, in the Cannonballers uh, Park and in the, uh, in the the Honey Hunters Park, and they're both really pretty. I mean, the, obviously the Canapolis one is a little bit bigger, um, but um, but they're both really pretty. They're I, I think they're done very well. But um, and yeah, like to your point, there's way more interest now in minor league ball than there was, you know, back in the '80s. I think is when you said '80s or '90s. Like no, it was kind of like a joke right back then. Now, I mean, I think like the Charlotte Knights are a really good example of this too. They've 
they, they've turned this thing. It's all about the promotions, uh, getting people excited about a decent product. But everybody knows that you're getting to see really good baseball, especially at the AAA level. Um, you're getting to see major, you know, almost Major League Baseball for really good prices, and they do these crazy stunts and promo- uh, promotions. And so it's a yeah, fun I- family atmosphere. Yeah, when I I wrote an article and I and for some shop, Charlotte Shopper magazine, the, the interview with Moss, and I think four people collectively read it. Two of those <laughs> were minor birds in her cages, I think. So <laughs> it was all for naught. Take care, man. All right. Well, hey, hey, look at it, Gary. It took twenty years, thirty years, but it got you on the show to provide some valuable insight. Yes, I'm I'm there for that. There you go. See, you just Thanks. it's delayed gratification. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it, buddy. Bye. I mean, see you. No, that's it. See, he didn't write it for naught. It just took a really, really long time for the payoff in the limelight. He probably didn't get paid much, if anything, at all for writing the article, either. Maybe he got like a stringer fee or something. Uh, Let me see here. This is from uh, John, who says, uh, Breaking Brett Jensen did a story about this a while back. This is what I was referencing. A lot of their financial problems is due to the incredibly bad contract that they signed with Magic Johnson. What is it about former NBA greats buying Charlotte area teams and then just stinking the place up? Like, what's the deal with that? Which actually now makes me think back to old Bobcat Johnson when he bought the Charlotte franchise after the Hornets moved and everybody was all excited that Larry Bird and ML Carr were going to be getting in. Did I say Larry Johnson last hour, that he was going to buy the team? No, I hope not, because it was Larry Bird, ML Carr. I did say Bird. Okay. Um, And they were wooing the city. They were talking to city council members and stuff. They were around town doing stuff. Larry Bird's wife was, you know, pricing homes in the market. There was buzz, no pun intended. People were excited. But they had just voted down the arena. They were like, we're not paying for the arena, plus an uptown Charlotte Knight Stadium, plus a whole bunch of new arts uh, museums and such and theaters. By the way, all of that stuff got built. And lo and behold, right, then what, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how the Arts and Science Council and the City Council and like all the, the funding for the, for the ongoing maintenance and life cycle replacement outstripped, outpaced the revenue coming in. And lo and behold, here we are again. Now we're like, we need to raise taxes specifically for the arts. Like, this this always comes back. It always comes back. It's super frustrating. <laughs> um, but people were excited to get Larry Bird and ML Carr in here for the new team, and then the NBA kind of allowed us all to think that uh, that those were going to be the owners, and then out of nowhere comes Bob Johnson, BET founder, loaded. He had promised when he tried to buy the Washington Bullets, which then got renamed because, you know, crime in D.C., but uh, they, at the time, he was trying to buy this team, the Bullets, and the competing billionaire or whoever was saying he wanted the city to build him a new arena, or maybe he was the existing owner. And so in swoops Bobcat, and he's like, hey, no, I'll I'll buy it myself. Taxpayers shouldn't have to do that and all this. Well, then he gets named the franchise owner for the Charlotte team after the Hornets got moved by George Shin and Larry Wooldridge down to 
New Orleans, which then eventually went on to what they would they didn't they move them up to Oklahoma? Didn't they become the Thundering Herd or something like that? The Thunderbolts, Seattle Supersonics. Oh, are they the ones that went to Oklahoma? Went to Oklahoma. And oh, okay. They just changed the name to the Pelicans in New Orleans. That's right. That was it. They did okay. So they kept the same. They should have taken. They should have gone back to the Jazz. Yes. And they should have given the Pelican name to give, Utah. Give any name to Utah. Right. Who cares? Right. Oh, it's there you. That's a good name. The Utah. Who cares? <laughs> or the Utah. Who cares? I don't mean that. If people that are from Utah or people that are in Utah are listening, I, U- don't, I U- don't mean that. Right. Utahites. I think is what they're called. <laughs> so, or Utah Utahans, Utahans. So. They move the Hornets down, and we get the name back, but only after Bobcat Johnson runs the team terribly, sells then part of the ownership to Michael Jordan, then sells it all out to Michael Jordan. I think that's when we, uh, to his credit, thank you, Michael Jordan, for getting the Hornets name back, because the name actually does mean something here. It's not just a, a stingy bee, you know. It actually means something to this part of the country, to this area specifically, the Hornets' nest, right? Civil War activity. They stirred up a hornet's nest. That was the letter going back to the like British crown <clears throat> about, oh my gosh, we walked into a, a hornet's nest here. So there was some there was some reference. Also, it was the name, wasn't it the name of our old uh, minor league baseball team at one point, years and years and years ago? So there's some connection. So I, I I like that, but you know, Jordan ran the team for years and years, and it was awful. Magic Johnson. It gets a contract to what run this or or to be part of the ownership, I guess, of this uh, Gastonia team. Awful. They're paying him out all this money out of the concession booth, so they're not making any money. And as Gary, the caller there, said, um, you know, the the travel cost probably through the roof. Uh, John says apparently the magic. Uh, apparently, magic. It's like all the concessions money is where the profit is. Yeah, right. Um, then um, this is from Dennis. Pete, it sounds like the Honey Hunters must have had uh, David Tepper somewhere in their executive administration. This type of management seems to look like something he would have been involved in. Kind of fits his track record so far. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, on Netflix, there's a documentary called The Battered Bees. No, no, not, not bees, but um, mm, fatherless children. The Battered fatherless children of baseball about a minor league team in the 70s it's fascinating kurt russell's father was the owner Hmm, that's interesting did you know that in bull durham kevin costner crash right the the character he hits his he hits that home run you know where he hits that home run Asheville. it's at the Asheville. it's there they call themselves the tourists the Asheville tourists and um, in the where the ball goes over the left field wall, you can see the radio station for Kiss Country, right there, the Asheville radio station, one of the sister stations that I, I where I was up in Asheville. But their logo was up there. On, it's it was the actual stadium that they filmed uh, that scene in in Bull Durham. There you go, bring it in full circle. Actually, no, that's probably not full circle at all. Actually. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. 
at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Let's go over here to Neil. Welcome to the show, Neil. How are you, man? Hey, Pete. Having fun. Good. The reason Gastonia doesn't have a Class A club, they did as the Gastonia Rangers years ago, but it failed miserably and the franchise was moved to Hickory to become the Hickory Crawdad. Ah. Once the Knights moved back into Charlotte, Major League Baseball will not allow franchises to be too close to each other. Right. I'm in the I'm in the car. I'd look up and tell you the exact mileage limit, but as long as the Knights are there and the Crawdads are in Hickory, Gastonia cannot have a minor league baseball team. Ah, okay. So what's the difference then between what the SAL and the Atlantic League? What they're not they're not minor league teams. No, ah. no, they're independent leagues. Gotcha. Prior to the current one, Gastonia had a team in the uh, Coastal Plain League, which was a wooden bat league made up primarily of college players. Okay. And so, they played teams in Forest City and High Point and Thomasville and other cities. Well, But it's essentially a, a semi-pro or amateur league. And I remember when years ago when there was all the talk about the new arena in the you know 2000 time frame in Charlotte, I remember there was a guy, he had all these plans, you probably remember too, where uh, he would go down to the Charlotte City Council and say, we need to make a play for Major League Baseball, and if you build the Knights a stadium, then Major League Baseball will not cite a pro team anywhere near this, mi- this minor league stadium, and vice versa. So uh, why, go, you know, why do for the Knights... Uh, when you could try to make a, a a play for the ML the major league team. Now it turned out, you know, major league baseball hasn't come here. Now I don't know if that's because the Knights have the brand new stadium or not, but it does seem like like that pitch uh, was probably the wrong pitch. But there is a limit. They will not major league right. baseball would not allow franchises to be within a certain mileage of each other. Yeah. All right, Neil. So, uh, I'm not sure that that e- even if Hickory were to give up the team, I don't think it would be allowed to go back to Gaston. Right, right. Because no. it's too close to Charlotte. Yeah, it makes sense. Neil, good to hear from you, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, man. Ta- Belmont parade Christmas parade starts at three thirty. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, down in the area. I got a dentist appointment, and they told me, "Hey, heads up." Get the Belmont right, Christmas Parade in. Like, oh, great. <laughs> Bring the wife and come on. All right, man. Appreciate it, Neil. All right, see ya. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, I got the got the, the little text message. Like, just a heads up, there might be some traffic. Ah! All right, so Paige Mastin, an opinion writer for the Charlotte Observer, and I have criticized her writings before, um, but I agree with her on, uh, on her recent piece talking about um, David Tepper at the Carolina Panthers. She says the city is losing more than just a whole lot of football games. It's missing out on something bigger and more tangible. The sense of joy, kinship, and pride that sports teams can create in a community. Sure, you could still go to a Panthers game if you're okay with the fact that it's likely to be both a disappointment and a snooze fest. At least the team is so bad that a ticket won't actually cost you that much. That's true. Still, with the way the season's going, there are far better ways to spend a Sunday. Charlotte Hornets, 
kind of a similar story. Um, you can share for them if, you know, you're okay with, like, the Miles Bridges thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Compare that to the Carolina Hurricanes. Of course, it helps that, you know, they've become a decent team that's had real success in the postseason, but they've also had something else the Panthers do not have, which is stability. The Hurricanes don't make regular headlines for botched hires. Oh, hang on a second. We got breaking news here. Uh, the Panthers have now fired their interim coach. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, she says hockey is thriving up there. But nothing compares to the rush of a good sporting event, especially when you have some kind of personal stake in the outcome. And there's something special about the way sports can foster a sense of togetherness and belonging. Right? Bring everybody together. She's exactly right. And this is why people like myself and us, you know, knuckle-dragon right-wingers have been pleading with leftists... Don't inject politics into sports. Avoid it at all costs. This is a unifying event. 